For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey everybody, welcome back. WFO Radio back on the air with our 2022 Parade of Lucas Oil champions that's right super gas world champion bob lock going to be joining us just seconds from now we're going to speak with him about his championship season everything that went into it yeah go west go to the finals gotta win the event no problem gets it done wins the world championship bob is standing by all kinds of big breaking news since our last interview we spoke with jimmy hidalgo jr the country puppy uh, a little bit earlier, and uh, since then, big breaking news, the Mission Foods Too Fast, Too Tasty event that's going to be happening on Saturdays at the NHRA National Events, a replay, a rerun of the previous week's semifinal matchups in each of the Camping World Series categories, an opportunity for the teams to make more money, to win more accolades, to get some championship points. It's going to be really interesting, and for me, we're going to know who's going to race whom at the next event when we leave the current event, right? When we leave the Gator Nationals, we know who's going to run in the semifinals in the Too Fast, Too Tasty at Phoenix. And so what does that mean? We're going to be able to handicap it. We're going to be able to discuss it, debate it. We're going to talk about it. We could place, uh, you know, wagers. Those of us who like to do that stuff it could be very interesting discussion points and a lot of money on the line for the NHRA teams. Big news out there. Go to NHRA.com to find out more information. We'll talk about it after we speak with Bob. Before we bring on Bob, though, I want to tell you about the people who make it possible for me to go WFO. I like to name check them at the start of every show, the day that you need them. Remember that they are participating with bringing you this great content like Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. Make them your first call, not your last call. All those high-performance parts that you're buying, if you don't have ring seal, you got nothing. So go to TotalSeal.com. You can order a single ring right from their website. The Hidden Horsepower Podcast is there, and they've got a great team, customer service, top-notch Total Seal piston rings. You already heard a little bit about FTI, performance transmissions, and torque converters. Those .90 categories, they're everywhere. Big money bracket racing, top dragster, top sportsman. FTI is everywhere. It can be in your car, too. Fog it. Gary Stinnett. Recognize the problem. He says, this is a problem we need to solve. And he solved the problem with Foggit. At the end of your day of racing, you put the car away, you spray a little Foggit, you fog it down, roll the starter over in each of the Venturis, get down into the cylinders, and it protects the cylinders from damage overnight. Like, well, what kind of damage? Well, go to the website, Foggit.com. They've got a YouTube channel as well. But you know, condensation immediately causes microscopic rust. You've just spent 
thousands of dollars on your cylinder wall uh, service, and you're going to let it get destroyed or damaged or changed? No. Use a little fog. Great stuff. Great product. We'll be telling you more throughout 2023. Phillips hyphen connect. For those of you in the transportation industry, email me, Joe at WFORadio.com. If you've got a fleet of trailers, you want to get hooked up. You want to get connected with the smart trailer technology, email me and I will put you together with the folks at Phillips hyphen connect. You got a wheel hub heating up. You got some sort of problem, tire pressure going down. The sensors tell you before the damage happens. Bernie Speed Shop. This is Josh Hart's business. Door to door. Can I wash your car? Can we detail your car? Grows into a 100,000 square foot business with millions of dollars of inventory. They got a Ford GT over there right now. They do frame off restorations. They do everything in Ocala, Florida there. Go to Bernie's.com. Follow their social media. It's as simple as that. If you've got a car you're looking to sell, maybe do consignment. Go to Bernie's.com to find out more. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. And, of course, the best coffee in the world, Marvin Rodak's coffeeandgrills.com. We'll tell you about Marvin. But right now, it's time to bring on the 2022 Lucas Oil Super Gas World Champion, Mr. Bob Locke. Bob, welcome to the show. Congratulations. Hi, Joe. Thanks. World champion. How does that uh, sound to you now? A couple months later, it's definitely sunk in. You had to have woken up a bunch of times thinking about how in the world did that all happen? So give me the debrief, debrief session. How does it feel? Oh, it feels good. Um, it is a little surprising sometimes to still hear it. Um, it was definitely a surprise and uh, the way it all, the way it all played out. But um I like to hear it. So you can say it as many times as you want. <laughs> Super gas world champion, Bob Locke. And get there ready you when you get out there next year, you're going to hear it a lot because your story is so amazing. The like, we didn't know it was going to happen this way, but I heard many different stories about, you know, your plight, right? Like you, you, you're, you're looking good in the points and you had some good runs and you won some races, but might not go west, might not go west. And how the other racers were like yelling at you. You got to do it, man. You you only mm -hmm. get this championship opportunity. And then to think that you went out there and you went to the finals and you won the finals to win the championship. That's insane. But let's start at the beginning, Bob. Let's start right. at the beginning, which is this. How did you get into this? How did you get started racing? Like, how did you get to the point where you've got a world championship super gas car? It's a very specialized thing. Not everybody finds their way into the dot 90 categories. How did it happen for you? Well, we started bracket racing when, when we were much younger and um, we had a car that we were successful with bracket racing quite a bit. Um, and a friend of mine got us into super gas racing. Basically he said, come out to the track sometime um and see what we do um it was the u.s nationals that particular year and my friend scott deffenbaugh um said come out and uh see what super gas is all about so at the time we had, again we had a pretty good super pro car but we uh came out the next year actually uh, had it set up to run super gas um and we did it um not very successfully for um i don't know two or three years four years um but decided that we better have a car if we're going to do this. That's a little more purpose built. So that's where the Roadster came into play. And we've been racing that car ever since. Had it for about nine years. And the, the, the 
has it been constant refinement with the car or have you just been like figuring it out or, uh, you know, it's not easy. That's the thing that the fans don't understand. Certainly fans of nitro who go out there and see these cars on throttle stops. They're like, why do they slow down? Right. But it's just incessant refining, 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 whether it be your data, your weather station, your car, everything. Talk a little bit about how you got this thing championship worthy. Well, it was, it was a pretty basic car. I mean, it's, the car's 20 years old, so um, it didn't have a lot of updates when we bought it. Um, we pretty much, uh, besides painting it, um, put it on the track in the condition that it was in. Uh, big block power glide, which is a combination for almost everybody in super gas. And um, we ran um, the car pretty much unchanged for I don't know how many seasons. Um, and then decided, you know, like you talk about refinement. Um, there's some things that we're not understanding or things that need to be a little better. So start tweaking there, tweaking that. You just start learning a little more about the setup, uh, the what the setup needs to be on the car. Um, introduced a race back system to the car, which has been really, really helpful. And um, you're right, you just constantly refine it, um, learn things about driving better. Um, hopefully every, every lap you're learning something about what you screwed up the lap before. So do you don't do that again? Mandatory, right? Data acquisition. I was told recently, like data acquisition, if you're going to be in the dot 90 categories, it's mandatory because you got to be able to go back and see, did you spend the tires a little coming off the stop? Did you any one of a thousand different things that might show up on your data logger? Absolutely. Super gas cars are pretty finicky. So um, if you don't have that, you just really don't know what changed on a, on a particular run. So got to have the data. All right. We got a lot of people out there checking in, Blake checking in, Jim Essex checking in, everybody excited. We've done two shows here today. I don't know what we're <laughs> thinking. Uh, such a, a Colian, such a tough category in sports and racing to win. Congratulations, Bob. Uh, people Thanks. out there, uh, Wayne. And did you start 2022 thinking we're going to go chase a championship or was it like, Hey, we're going racing this year. Super excited. And then you started hot. Give us, uh, you know, give us a talk us through the first third of your season from okay. the outset. All right. Now we didn't start the, the season expecting to go championship hunting. Um, divisional championship hunting. Yeah. We finished third in D3 um, the year before. So uh, I really wanted to take another swing at that and see if we could come out on top. But we certainly weren't looking at national points. We really never have because we just never travel enough and run enough national events, um, turn enough points to do any good. So uh, we actually wanted to start our year this year in Charlotte. Uh, we were going to go down to the four wides and run and the uh, car wasn't ready. So we didn't go down to Charlotte, which turns out to be a pretty interesting thing uh, when you look at the claims that I have had left um, after St. Louis, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about. But so we didn't make Charlotte. Our first run this year was the uh, last year was the Indy Divisional. Um, that's our home track. And historically, I'm terrible there. And I didn't disappoint this time either. <laughs> it was it was a round one exit. So um, we didn't start the year well, but we went to Norwalk uh, to run a divisional next and made it to the final. Lost in the final to Rob Kropfeld. Um I have seen cars do weird things on the starting line before, and I've scratched my head going, how in the world does that happen? Well, now I know how um, you can come up, uh, you can bring the motor up on the starting line and the, and the car launch before you expect to. Um, I think somewhere after the burnout, 
um, I touched the trains brake button and the car was in second gear when I left. And so um, that ruined the final run. So Rob was tough in the final. I don't know that I could have beat him anyway. He was 90 with a five. So, uh, but we made it to the final in that second run and we ran some pretty tough people that day. And I was pretty happy with the performance at that race. So many champions over the years get a hot start, right? It just gives you that confidence. Right. Go out, get a final round under your belt. And uh, so continue along. All right. So the next race we had was our Norwalk divisional. Um, and terrible again. I'm, I'm, I'm on a pathway of hero or zero when it comes to, to racing. And we were out in round one. Uh, I'm sorry, the Norwalk national. Yeah. So um, our start to the season, yeah, I had a runner up, but we also had two first round exits. So I wasn't feeling any special superpowers at this point because uh, we had one race go our way all day and the other two were, were just not good. So we head to Columbus um, for the next, um, actually a double in Columbus. We have the sports nationals in D3 and then we run a divisional uh, this year, which I think is usually second. But um, sports nationals would have been technically our second national event. We went out in round three. I don't remember who we raced, but um, I felt decent about our outing there, even though I didn't wasn't excited about exit in round three. But um, it was a solid performance, and we just didn't didn't get past it. But um, and then the divisional rained out, so weather was pretty bad that weekend, and they just ended up canceling the the divisional there. So um, the next one was the Chicago divisional, which was pretty cool to be back there. Um, I had, none of us had been back there for quite some time and they had a pretty good turnout, uh, but the weather was not again, very favorable. And, um, we ended up, I don't remember what, what round the, the race was canceled, uh, but we were still in and we didn't finish that until we went to Bowling Green and I ended up losing in the final, um, of that race, which was completed in Bowling Green. So at that point we had two runner up finishes, um, at least in divisionals, which was beginning to build a, a reasonable divisional score already, even though we had some early round exits. But, um, and then again, we go to Bowling Green right before the U.S. Nationals, round one. <laughs> so Yikes. up and down, up and down. That's almost half my season, but um, very up and down that first half of the season. Wow. Uh, and and that's it, the roller coaster. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough it out there. Tough. You're flipping quarters, right? It's like heads. Yeah, I win. Tails. Oh, I lose. And, exactly. uh, and that's drag racing. Okay, so let's give a showcase of coming into the season, Luke Bagaki, you know, one of the greatest of all time. He's the champ and he's running well. Uh, are you monitoring the guys that are in the front of the points? And what were you thinking at this point about the way it was all stacking up competition? You know, I wasn't looking, I still wasn't looking at national points at this point because I mean, we had a, we had our first round loss in Norwalk. We had a third round loss um, at the sports nationals. Um, we go into Indy to the U S nationals and I felt, I felt pretty decent about the way the year was going at this point because of probably because of the finish of the Chicago race. I thought, well, I've had a couple of outings here while I've had a pretty good finish. Um, and we went round one of the U S nationals. We went round two of the U S nationals and I was feeling this is a bad thing to do. I was feeling good about round three. Uh, and when I was doing my planning for this race and look at my competitor and then he lays a six pack on me. So we're done in round three at the, exactly at the U S nationals. So, um, lesson learned um, in that scenario. But yeah, what's three, the lesson? No, what's the lesson? Don't think, right? Don't have emotion. Probably so. Definitely don't. Yeah, don't plan on a W. That's for sure. All right, because he laid it on me. So um, we go out of division for the first time in Earlville 
um, after the U.S. Nationals. Um, round two exit, nothing great there again. Um, and so at this point now, we're heading into St. Louis. And I, and I still I don't, I haven't looked at national points. Um, I'm not looking at national points at all. But we uh, had entered the St. Louis National event. And my son looked at the national points. And uh, he said, Dad, if you could possibly pull off 10 round wins in the next two weekends, that's three races. That's the national event in St. Louis and then the two divisionals in St. Louis. He said, you might finish top 10 nationally. He says, you have a shot at it if you could just pull off 10 round wins. And I thought, if ever there was a year where we had a chance, I mean, we've we've had ups and downs, but I mean, we've gone deep um, a couple times. Um, maybe we can do this in three events. So we have a semifinal appearance in the national event in St. Louis. Um, so that was a really good outing for the first weekend. Um, and Rob Cropfeld beat me again. So um, wow, he was Rob the- got his stat, right? Like I beat the he world does. twice in the same year. That's he awesome. went on to be, he went on to win that event. And, uh, and then comes the, the crazy busy national or divisional weekend, the, the following weekend where we had a record number of cars. Super gas was an eight round race in the, in the first event of the double header. Um, I end up losing in the final of that uh, race. Uh, and kind of a cool side note, you know, when, when you're racing and, you're, and you have certain people that you travel with and friends, um, you always talk about all the time, man, wouldn't it be cool if we met in the final? Um, let's meet in the final. This would be really fun. So I did meet in the final with my good friend, Scott Deffenball, in that first race in round eight. And he ends up putting it on me in the final and, and takes home the Wally in the first race. So he had a really... He had a really good outing, but it was it was a it was a good day for both of us. Um, and, and that's and the guy he he got you into it. You were just telling the story. That's, that's exactly awesome. Right. That never yeah. right. So we race with them all the time, and we we try to go everywhere together, and uh, and it just makes it more fun. They're they're a big part of our racing family. So uh, we go into the next event, and we um, it's a normal seven rounder. There's a few people must have have gone home, and uh, we end up winning that race. Um, ironically against Luke in the final. So, um, you know, if, I feel like if you're going to have a championship run that turns out um, on the good side, you've got to have some really tough rounds along the way or beat some really big people. And um, it was definitely um, made me feel good to, to, to win in the final against him because uh, we know he's he's tough all the time. One of the best. You know, people go for, uh, do you remember the race? I, I I don't expect you to have that off the top of your head, but maybe you do. I, I do a little bit. Um, we were both similar on the tree. I had him just a, a little bit. Uh, it was nighttime at this point. And, you know, we run 159 mile an hour in super gas. That's really not very fast anymore. And so I spend a lot of the time looking behind me when you're going down track, um, trying to see where they're at. And um, I knew it'd be hard to see at night um, against him. But and I and I think if we'd asked him, he probably had some some mechanical issues a little bit. I'm, I know he dumped it at the end, uh, but I don't think he was going to get there, which is very unusual for him. And um, so I end up I end up dumping at the end. I think he dumps at the end. I stay in front. Um, I end up I think going ninety with a six, um, and he ended up he ended up running considerably more off than that um, for the win line. So copy that so three runner-ups now a win and you basically you outpaced what your son was hoping for 
by a considerable amount, right? Like a, a, a 18 round wins in, in three races in two weekends. And just yeah. turned the point situation upside down. Really did. Talk about like, like the drive home or however yeah. that like, Hey, like, wow, well, that went pretty well. That's usually right. a fun conversation. What was that like? Um, well, because we've, ne- I mean, we've never traveled far outside the division. I mean, Earlville, uh, last year we went to Virginia because we were chasing the divisional points. So we thought there was a chance, um, we could win the division. So that was the farthest we'd ever been. Um, the thought of going from Indianapolis to Las Vegas and then to Pomona, um, was pretty overwhelming, uh, between time and expense. We run a small business and, uh, we've got great people that work with us, but, um, it still puts a load on them if we're going to leave town and be gone for almost four weeks. So, um, so we were really tossing all that around in our mind. And, and, um, I think my wife was half scared to death that I'd say, let's go, um, because that puts a lot of pressure on her too. Um, just as a family things that she has to do. And, and we worked together too. So she knew what that would mean for the office, but, uh, we weren't going, you know, initially we, just weren't sure we were going to go. We had a lot of people. Uh, I got a call Monday morning from somebody, a friend of mine that I don't talk to very often on the phone, but um, I answered the phone and the first words were, Hey, when are you leaving? <laughs> so, I don't know if we are. So um, it did kind of snowball from there. And uh, we had people that said, we want you to go. We want to, how can I help? That's how it originally started. And multiple people just said, how, how, how can I help? I want to help you. And I threw out, um, you know, financially, if if people wanted to help pay for some fuel, I'm sure that would help us make that decision because, you know, even for a national championship, it's hard to decide to drive across the country and back for the financial decision because your expense and travel um, is substantial. And so, um, you know, the odds were that you weren't going to win. And if you're going to make that kind of financial commitment, um, you need to be serious about it. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's like, people are probably thinking, well, wait, you got to do whatever. No, not necessarily like championships, right. like going across the country. I I'm going to put a number on it. Like it's several thousands of dollars just to yes. get there, to stay there, to be there, to live, to buy your, you know, I'm sure you got a motorhome or something. So right. you still got to feed yourself. Um, yes. It's not, it's not inexpensive, but they leaned on you. you the peer pressure was strong. It was, it really was. Um, but it was fun um, in a lot of respects to watch. And, and I use the word humbling a lot, um, you know, to think, I guess, I guess it challenged me to think this way about people that we know that get in similar, that might be in similar situations. Would I be as excited for them and want to help them go um, accomplish what could be a lifelong dream? Um and it was a real gut check for me because a lot of people wanted to see us go and get out there and win. So um, it was just extremely cool to see. So a Facebook campaign started. Um, some friends of ours said, um, hey, who thinks Bob needs to go chase this championship? And that's when the messages really started flooding in. And, and I threw that out about the fuel and people started responding and they started contributing to a fuel fund. Um and it was just quite incredible uh, that people would do that. And a lot of people that I don't know or I barely know, uh, but yeah, some people I don't didn't even know at all that just simply said, 
we've had people do this sort of thing for us in the past. We think this is a cool opportunity and you need to do this and we want to help you. So that's amazing. Um, pretty now, cool. Before we, we tell the story of being out West, um, you, you know, you went through some personal struggles a few years ago right. and now you're back, but that's part of the story, right? Like you don't know when this wonderful racing experience that you've got going with the family and going out there, you had a scare and had to yeah. acknowledge the reality of like this thing could end at any time. That has to make this even more sweet. Just the experience. Just like world, I'm in the world championship fight and I'm going West. Yeah. It, it does make a difference and it still makes a difference today. Um, we had a cancer diagnosis uh, right out about two years ago, um, stage four prostate cancer. Um, stage four is a scary thing to hear. Cancer is a scary thing to hear, but stage four is a scary thing to hear. So we went on some very aggressive treatment, which I'm still taking a lot of high powered medicine. So I wouldn't say that we're done with the treatment. Um, in uh, August, a little over a year and a half ago, uh, we went. I went through and underwent 44 radiation treatments. That's when we were at the height of what was happening with with the cancer. Uh, but I'm still taking all the same medicine that they put me on originally, um, and I'm still going to be taking it through August. So my numbers are incredibly good. I feel really good. Um, but the fact is, I mean, I'm still on medicine for this illness. And the one day where they look at me and, and pull me off and, and say, let's see what the body does will be pretty scary for me because I mean, I'll always feel like I have it. He said, he'd never tell me that I was cancer free because of the depth of which I had it to begin with. So, um, it'll always be in the back of my mind. So since this all started, our family motto is what are we waiting for? Uh, we've done a lot of traveling, um, a lot of different things this year, even in the midst of all the racing. And probably that was a really good motivating factor for us to go out West. Here we have an opportunity. Who knows if we'll ever have it again? Um, let's go see what happens. That was, yeah. that was why. I'm sorry you have to go through that, Bob, obviously. And, and this is something that so many of our friends, fellow racers, family members, uh, you know, every, everybody knows somebody and the fact yeah. that you're fighting that. And, but I also think that what's the best medicine, right? Like the best medicine yeah. is loving your life and doing and enjoying the things that you enjoy. And so now you're going West and you're going to go to mm -hmm. Vegas, Vegas, Pomona. And what do you got to do? Like, what's like when you're going out there, like we have to do what? Cause I, well, you know, Vegas didn't go so great. No. And when we first set this trip up, we were in second. Um, we were only three rounds out of first place. Luke was in front at the time. And so we make the decision to go West. Um, the Dallas national event happens. Phil Unruh goes out and wins it. So he goes from third place to, um, at least two rounds in front of Luke, five rounds in front of us. Um, so now uh, my hope was, because it didn't, didn't change our mind mathematically, we still had a shot to go, so we were still going to take this opportunity. But uh, I hope that we could chip away at it a little bit in Vegas and then maybe get over the hump in Pomona. But uh, clearly that didn't happen, because remember that, that up and down year I told you about? Yeah, we had two yeah. really down weekends in Vegas. It was not a good experience. <laughs> right. So Unruh wins Stampede Speed. Texas Fall Nationals. Yep. I remember being down there and interviewing him at the top end and thinking like, all right, this is big. You go to Vegas mm -hmm. and it's the down of the up and down. 
And so now you're going to Pomona. You're already west, right? You're going to Pomona. Last yeah. ditch. But it, what, it, you didn't know at that moment that it was must win, though, right? Like, how did that uh, shape up? Tell me about the strategy play going into your final chance to win a world championship. And uh, you have limited opportunity. Well, we, we didn't know it was must win when we left Vegas because, um, you know, I told you, my son watch, watches the points and he'd already had it figured out. Um, Dad, you have to win this race, and Phil has to go out by fourth round if you have shot this. So we knew we had to win the thing. Um, but we also looked at our season and went, okay, runner-up, runner-up, win, runner-up. Hey, there's every year we could possibly make the final. Things are going our way. I seem to be driving a little better um, sometimes that uh, maybe this would this this could still happen. So we were optimistic, even though we knew our odds were were really small realistically the uh the up and down season though right like it was it was flowing right like you were down which means you got one more race to come back <laughs> up and that's what right. had happened i guess that's one way to look at it it truly is that way all year like the fly walking across the mirror uh yeah very very interesting all right so just walk me through the auto club finals and mm -hmm. you and i spoke on a stage on the top end you were hoisting the trophy Right. It's Cinderella. It's a movie. It's a movie script. It's unlikely. Yeah. Nobody expects it except it happened. Right. Well, you see my family in the pictures. Um, you, we had to act all along as though, um, even though the odds were slim, we still had a shot at it. And, and we kept saying, well, what if we win? If we win, we want our, we want our family to be there with us. So um, my son had been there the whole time with us. He'd been he'd been with us uh, one of the weekends in Vegas, and we had planned on him coming in Pomona because he'd been a real crucial part to planning rounds, um, analyzing opponents. Uh, Ryan's a super street racer here in D3, and um, we just worked really closely together this year at planning rounds. And I told him, I said, I don't, I don't know that I can do this without you with me. So we knew he was going to be there. So his wife. Jordan and our daughter Kristen. We uh, also arranged for them to come out and and be with us. You know, we had to look at it like um, we're going to Pomona. We're going to go race. We may, we may never be out west again, so we're going to Pomona. We have the chance to go race at that racetrack. So let's let them come out and and be a part of it and be there. And um, I'm pretty glad that we did. Pretty glad you, that we did. What did you think of Pomona? Um, you know, we had been there one other time, just kind of sightseeing, um, without all of the, the equipment and the vendors and everything there. My first impression of the track was, man, this place is getting rough, but when you fill everything in and get all the racers in there and they get it all dolled up for the event, um, much, much better, much, much better. Uh, it was a lot of fun to race there. It's such a unique place. Um, a lot of the tracks around the country are, but Pomona definitely has its its uniqueness. So Phil goes out. So part of the, mm -hmm. part of the deal is open, but you still had more work to do. That's where I want oh. you to pick it up because okay. you know, your son is planning runs and, and maybe you could explain that a little bit for some of the fans out there that don't understand exactly what that is. That's a big process, right? Like this is what it's going to look like. Maybe uh, you tell me how yes. you guys handle it without revealing secrets. But so Phil goes out, the mm -hmm. door is open. You've got to win at that point. What three rounds? Uh, that went out first round, so we had five more to go. Okay, so yeah, he went out first round. The door is just open for you. 
he is at on in not a factor in the finals. It's just about you going through an NHRA national event with a must-win scenario. Yeah, right. It's easy. Yeah. So Friday, uh, Friday, our elimination round, first round was pretty early in the day. Um, I was pretty, I was a little, I was probably as, as nervous or about first round um, as any of them um, because I was racing somebody who didn't have a traditional stop. Um, he was throttle stopping at a different point on the track. And um, a big problem with going to a new area in racing is you don't know anybody. You don't know how they race. You don't, you haven't never paid attention to their tendencies. Um, and that's a big part of, of being successful. I think in throttle stop racing is understanding what to expect in the lane next to you. So I didn't know anybody. Um, like I said, first round racing, a stop that was uh, not a traditional stop up front on the track, uh, but one that's mid track or later, uh, we ended up getting by that round, which was, um, a blessing. And and then we get back to the trailer and my wife says, I think Phil lost. And and then the reality of, holy cow, okay, we have a real shot at doing this. Um, we didn't, we never got, we never got ahead of the next round. Um, I think a big part of why I was not nervous most of the weekend was having Ryan there because he helped me plan out the rounds so much um, that um, I didn't have to. And I think when you start digging into some of the details of what you expect the next pass to be or what the scenarios could be or what if this, what if that, um, that's when it would be easy to get nervous, especially when there's a lot of time between rounds, which is normal at a national event. And uh, he was really helpful for that reason. But so we go into Saturday morning. Um, well, be back, let me back up Friday when we won. It was early and we were looking at this whole day. Um, and I felt like the worst thing for me would be to, to sit around the racetrack all day because um, we weren't racing again until Saturday. So um, my kids had rented a, a car. So we hopped in the car and we went sightseeing the rest of the day. We were gone the whole rest of the day Friday from the track. Didn't get back till till evening after everything was done. Because um, awesome. um, I just felt mentally that was the right thing to do. So Saturday morning we get up. What um, side did you see? Where, where'd you go? You went to In-N-Out Burger and had a double-double with cheese. And then, well, uh, we went to In-N-Out when we were in Vegas, so we didn't go to In-N-Out this time. Um, our our daughter-in-law really wanted to go see the Hollywood sign, so we drove we drove in to see the Hollywood sign. Um, we went down to Rodale Drive, walked nice. around, looked at all the fancy stuff. And um, so then we ended up, because um, my daughter's a pretty big Disney fan, so we ended up driving all the way back to just the shopping area of Disneyland. So that's what we did in the evening. So it was a pretty long day, but we got to hit a little something that everybody liked. But your uh, head so was clear. That's I like that strategy. Your head was clear. If you're at the track, you're hearing about it. People are talking about it. They're coming up to you. You got a chance. Right. You need to do this, Bob. Good luck. All that. And it's like, oh my gosh, uh, yeah. just like overloading you. You checked out. You went and saw Mickey. You gave him some money. Yes. And then yep. you came back to the track on uh, Saturday. That's exactly right. Yep, we got up Saturday morning. There's three rounds, and, and I looked at the schedule and thought, from a rhythm standpoint, I like the way the, the, the rounds are laid out um, timing-wise. Yes, there was some time between rounds, as there is at any national, but but it was pretty consistent between the rounds. And so um, we did some planning for the next opponent. And I don't remember who rounds um, two, three, and four were exactly. Um, I know um, 
Matt Treadway, Damon Bustamani um, were a couple of them that I believe we raced on Saturday. Um, but we had good races. Um, thankfully, the, the planning that we did ahead of time um, was correct, I guess. Uh, at least we thought through all the different scenarios and I was able to identify that. Going down track and, and make the right decisions at the finish line. Um, traditionally, I am a horrifically bad finish line driver. I would say that is definitely my weakness, but this year was a lot better just because the way we plan rounds out. And what I mean plan, I, we talk about track position and, and, and what if I have the light, what if they have the light, who's going to be here, what's, what are their tendencies, what, what can we see from previous runs um, that they like to do or don't usually do. So we kind of script a race that we think is going to happen and then identify some things that uh, might be different. And hopefully I can think quick enough to identify those, go down track and make a decision. And um, I did most of the time. All right. Final round. Mm -hmm. I like Joe, you got to go to the top on this could be a world championship thing. I'm like, uh, I, I'm nervous for you. <laughs> sure. Nervous, right. Like well, this is as big as it gets. We got all this camping world series champion stuff going on, but in the Lucas oil series, like here we go. And you're going up against a former world champ, like one of the greats out there. Nothing. Right. Nothing uh, easy about this one, right? Like I think he was right. last two years ago's champ, I think. Um, so a a, re a recent champion, you got to get through Pretzler. Take yeah. us through the 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 pre race, the race, and then that wind light coming on when you. It's not a story where you're at home becoming the champion. Like right. you made it happen by winning a round, by winning the Auto Club Finals to become Super Gas champ. I wasn't nervous again, which a lot of people have told me. I can't believe that you weren't nervous and, and and maybe a lot of people still wouldn't believe it, but Ryan and I had talked through some scenarios and, and planned some things out. And um, I just felt, I just felt a real peace about the whole day. Um, I've told other people, I feel like God gives me a, a peace when I asked him for it um, going down the racetrack. And um, you know, at this point we've gone from third to second in national points. Yes, we wanted to win the championship, but if we went home in second, one, we made progress. We went west and did accomplish something. And number two in the world is nothing to hang your head about, that's for sure. Um, we all want to win it, but number two is nothing to be upset about. So we knew we'd accomplished great things. Maybe I was I was hungry and competitive, but at the same time, I was content with what we'd accomplished so far. So I wasn't super nervous. Um, one of the pictures that you took um, not that you took, but that you keep showing is, is from the staging lanes right before the final round. And I don't think you can see the nervousness on my face. I mean, I wasn't nervous. There you go. Uh, we'd been talking to some friends, the Butners in the, in the staging lanes. And um, she even noticed that um, I wasn't nervous. She made a Facebook post. If you're wondering how Bob's doing, he's calm and cool back here in the staging lanes. I think that's about what she said. Um, so um, we planned out the race and, 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 and we were ready. Um, it could have, I could have gotten a lot more nervous because I didn't realize that, that in one of the finals, there'd been a crash and it took them a, a good little while to get us up there, um, to run the final, but, um, yeah, driving through this, the, uh, the, the Taylor Vetter, uh, situation yeah. Thing? yeah, it sure was. So that, that delayed things a little bit. Thankfully she did not get hurt um, yes. or terrible equipment any more than, than, than she did, but. Um, so as spectacular we, as you were going to be, you were not going to be more spectacular than Taylor Vetter on that day. That's for sure. 
That's for sure. You know, you, you drive through those gates at, at Pomona, which are unlike any other. And um, we hadn't made a national event final before. So all of the, the fanfare and the circumstance that surrounds timing, you, you know, NHRA timing the finals just right. And uh, getting down the track is, is different because everything is on a specific time schedule. Um, they give all of the finals um, plenty of time for them to be announced and discussed. And, and that's really cool. I really like the way NHRA does that. But um, so we finally, we drive in, we finally turn the corner, we get in the water box. And at that point, I don't think I, I never thought about, um, Hey, this is for the national championship. Um, I didn't really think a whole lot about this is for our first national event Wally. And I try not to do that because I feel like if I get myself, worked up in any way different than, than what we do in normal rounds. I'm just opening myself up for, uh, for some sort of dumb error. Um, and I've certainly done enough of those in my lifetime and I didn't want to commit any of those on that day or any, any, any of the whole weekend. So I, I just never let my emotions really get to me and, and going down track. If you watch the video after I crossed the finish line, I mean, I look half dead in the car. I, I'm not doing anything. Ryan goes, what in the world? Why weren't you yelling, screaming, pumping your fist, doing something? And I don't want it to look like I wasn't excited, but I knew we had just pulled off basically the impossible. And it just took a minute for it to be real, um, quite honestly. It wasn't until after I pulled off the track and almost shut the car off that I I gave a big scream and and, and pumped my fist a couple of times. But um, it was just very surreal when the light came on. Wow. Well, what a great story. Your first national yeah. at historic auto club raceway, soon to be in and out. I guess now it technically is in and out burger raceway. Right. Finals mm -hmm. where such history has happened. You know, the run, everybody talks all the history that happened there. You win your right. first national to become a world champion. You turn mm -hmm. the corner and it was chaos down there. This team oh, was chaos. Stacked up. Talk about that scene. Did you know where to go? It was nuts. It was chaos. Well, I figured I pulled off the track and I think I stopped right at the end of the red carpet. I thought, oh, man, I'm supposed to be here. So, of course, I'm not familiar with everything that goes on down there. But I think it was extra nutty because everything was, um, from a time standpoint, everything was crunched into a smaller time period after cleaning up the Taylor Vetter incident. And um, I know you did all your winter interviews down at the end of the track instead of doing the normal parade of champions um, yep. up by the stands. but. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty nutty. So um, I'm standing there, and and uh, it wasn't too long. My family comes rolling up on the golf cart, and um, I got to share the experience with them for the first time. They hop off, screaming and yelling. You probably heard and saw all that, I would imagine. And yes. uh, that was really cool. And I and I got to tell you, um, Randy Lynn videoed on her phone from the starting line. She was her, somehow her and Bo got to the finish line way before the family. And she was down there. She videoed from her phone, everything that went on. So we've got all of that stuff captured, which is now just priceless family memories. Um, the family rolling up on the golf cart, jumping off screen and everybody hugging. And um, so at that point, um, yeah, I'm at the, I'm at the red carpet waiting for you. And uh, that was pretty fun. That's pretty fun to do. It was a great time. It was a great time for me to be able to to see that moment. That's the best thing that I get to do, honestly. It's to, yeah. to, to share that moment. I'm a I'm a bracket racer. I know how impossible it is <laughs> to win. Right. 
all these races, yeah. uh, there's the same couple of people that uh, somehow find success. And you got your first national uh -huh. event. You won the finals. You became a world champion and made uh, made all those people who believed in you feel good about it. Right. It paid off. Yeah. Bob, that's such a great story. Uh, who do you want to thank? You know, as you look back at this year, I'm sure there's too many people, but, uh, you know, the primaries, you know, name drop them, thank them, because this is uh, this is your world championship interview. Yeah, well, there are people that we that we partner with to, uh, for for engine work. Um, Dennis Woody in Thorntown, Indiana, nice small town machine shop, does great work. He actually came to the house, went over all the valve springs, which we found a bad one um, before we made the trip west. He just came and did that because he wanted to. So uh, we love working with with folks like Dennis. Um, we we love the products that we use from K and R, APD, um, and there's a gentleman locally. Uh, Bill Carter at Automotion Race Cars, and he has a parts shop called uh, Automotion Race Cars, but two-lane performance where he builds and does a lot of chassis work. Um, I don't know what it'd be like racing in this area without him because uh, he's always there. He does wonderful work, and we're thankful for him and uh, and his son, Austin, too, that works with him. But, um, you know, can't thank anybody enough more than my wife um, who wants to see me race. Um, you're lucky enough to have a spouse who loves to enable you to race um there's just no bigger blessing um and that's just a small part of our great relationship but love her to death um my family ryan uh, especially who always uh, we're, we're a team at this point you know you watch your kids grow up you they race both of our kids raced in junior dragsters and um you grow up to now partner with them in big cars that's pretty special um Great family time, great, great memories. And I have to give a shout out today. I don't know if you can see the shirt I'm wearing today. Just got uh, this today. Yes, yes. I already spoke. Lance Abbott, our top sportsman world champion. Told him I was going to be sporting his shirt today if I got it. And it showed up on the porch today at lunchtime. So um, thank you. We've for had that. a lot of. What's thank that? You. Thank you for setting up the interview for me with Lance. For those that don't yeah. know, he's not on Facebook. He's he's in right. uh, you know social media desert which is probably uh, good for his mental health. Uh, but so. you told him to reach out to me and he did, and we're going to schedule him for the next couple of weeks. And so thank you for doing your, your booking test on WFO as well. Good. Absolutely. Well, we met a lot of, of new great people when we were, uh, we were out West um, even before the championship and, but especially after the championship, it was, it's so cool the way that the, the banquets are set up um, and you get to spend so much time um in various places with the other champions. And so um, that was really fun to spend time with all of them and uh, celebrate together. Well, that, uh, you know, Pachanga resort that we went to, that was oh. the first time we had been there and it worked very well for exactly that purpose. In the previous years, it was like downtown Hollywood bowl, Dolby theater where they have the Academy awards. And it was very neat. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, like, Oh man, I'm right in the middle of Hollywood. Right. But that uh, that situation means not everybody can stay in the same place. And the fact that everybody was pretty much staying in the same place and you walk mm -hmm. through the restaurants, the casinos, and all you see are racers, everybody, you yeah. know, everybody. That was very special for the hangout and the end of season kind of wind down. You guys had a great banquet. You did a great job with yeah. your speech. And then the Camping Thanks. World Series banquet was awesome as well. After party. Yeah. And after there. I love that Lance got shirts made already. Like, yeah, that's, that's smart. really cool. I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Do it. Can you see it? Yes. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You did a great job. 
and they're really cool. So available for sale somewhere. They are actually. There you go. They are actually for sale. They still have a lot more. So awesome. Awesome. Bob, this is great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I followed your story. You know, Bo and Randy Lynn are friends and they were mm -hmm. talking you up from, you know, right around St. Louis time. Like, hey, this is a thing. This is happening. This could happen. Keep your eye on it. And yeah. uh, and and I love when racers do that, right? Like, give me a little more insight into something maybe I don't have the full story on so that I can just pay attention. And they did. Yeah. And so I did pay attention and for you to do what you did. <laughs> it's just nuts, man. It's nuts. And well, congratulations. Thank you for coming on WFO, thanks. sharing your story. Are you going to title defense? Like, what's up for 2023 now? You going back out there to try to go back to back? You going to run the full thing? You chasing points? What are you doing? Where are you starting? Hey, we're going to chase points. We might as well. Um our, our national event and divisional entry fees are uh, going to be a lot less than they were last year. So we might as well go racing. It's not going to cost us as much. And um, I, we probably will just, as long as health allows, we're probably just going to keep doing this sort of thing every year. I can, I can just see that happening. So, um, you know, we, we will always race primarily for fun. Um, when we get too wrapped up in the points championships, that's when you start racing poorly in my opinion. So, uh, we're, we're going to go race, have fun, do the best we can each round. And at the end of the year, you stand back and look at the results. That's it. That's it. La Larry That's Sears it. out there. Good job. Very exciting end to the year. Absolutely. Bob, congratulations. Please forward my best to the family. Thank you for doing this on WFO radio. Yeah. Uh, we love our, we love our Lucas oil series racers and your story is unlike any that is out there. So enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Thanks, All right. Appreciate it. Take care. Bob Locke, right. Super Gas, world champion. There you go. One more time. What a story that is. That is just pure insanity. What he was able to do, he was able to pull it off. You know, you think about Phil Unruh and like, oh, man, these, these people who invest so much of their lives. But that's just the way it is in the, in the Camping World Series. The agony and the ecstasy. The, uh, the thrill and the morbid depression that comes with not scoring a championship victory, but amazing stuff. Can't wait to see Bob back out there. All right, guys, listen, big breaking news. Look at Chuck. Great interview, Joe. I liked Bob before, but I like him even more now. Great champion and well-deserved. Absolutely. And that's why we do things like this. Uh, all of these people, even for me, like Bob and I have spoken, but that's like a get to know you full debrief, understand session. And that's why hopefully, Every super gas racer, guys, every super gas racer will share this show on your social media. Not for me and not for WFO and our great sponsors that we love, but for the class, like the methodology and the brain activity that is going into winning a super gas world championship is equivalent to anything else. Maximum all the way. WFO. They had to figure it out. He's like, hey, man, uh, to, to his son, you can't not be here. I can't do it without you. You've got to be there. Team effort. And a lot of people don't understand that. But the more they hear from a drag racer, like, who's this guy? He's a drag racer. He's a world champion. Listen to his story. Check him out. How do you not fall in love with it and go down to the stripe and watch him race down there at 1320 where all the action happens? That's what I think. All right, let's talk a little bit about, I am going to name check the sponsors again, but the big breaking news in the NHRA, I don't want to just wait until, um, I don't want to wait until Tuesday with Reinhardt because we're going to have a lot of news to talk about then. But this is a big deal. The Mission Foods Too Fast, Too Tasty NHRA Challenge to debut during the 2023 regular season. 
which is very, very interesting. NHRA and Mission Foods. This is right from NHRA.com, by the way, guys. I'm reading it right from the website. You should go to the website. You should click on it. You should share it because this is really good. It's very interesting. NHRA and Mission Foods, the world's leading brand for tortillas and wraps, which everybody should just buy them from now on. It's also because they're really good and they're shaped like cars. Uh, have partnered together for the Mission Too Fast, Too Tasty NHRA Challenge, an exciting new race program for the 2023 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series season, beginning at the NHRA Arizona Nationals in Phoenix on March 24th through 26th. The Mission Too Fast, Too Tasty NHRA Challenge will introduce competitive racing to the Saturday schedule at regular season events during the NHRA Camping World Series campaign, pitting semi-finalists from the previous race against each other in a rematch for all professional categories as part of a must-see challenge. All professional categories, pro stock bike, pro stock, funny car, top fuel. Rematch of the previous race's semifinals. Why don't they have one in Gainesville? Because there's no previous race. It's the start of the season. Plus, we've already got the top fuel call out. So Gainesville semifinalists will rematch on Saturday in Arizona. They will face off during the first qualifying session on Saturday with the two winners then matching up in the final qualifying session with an additional purse and bonus points for the countdown to the championship on the line. What? Adding another marquee attraction to the NHRA race weekend. The Too Fast, Too Tasty NHRA Challenge is also part of the Mission Foods Overall Motorsport Initiative to help racers and race teams. And that's all that I need to read. You need to go to NHRA.com to find out the rest of the details, like how many points, how much money, all of that stuff. And I'll tell you this, because I did a little bit of research. Somebody on Twitter asked me, and I said I would answer it on the show, so here's the deal. What if somebody isn't doesn't go? That's a good question. I do think it's kind of interesting that everybody tries to punch holes in anything new that comes down the bike. Like what about it? So let's say a part-timer goes to Gainesville and makes the semis, but is not going to go to Phoenix. Now I think the possibility to win more money is an incentive to go to Phoenix. So I think it also incentivizes it, but let's say that that person doesn't go, they're going to go back and find the person that lost second round with the quickest elapsed time and fill that spot. Well, what if that person's not there? Then they will go to the next quickest. And they, that's coming from a uh, competition department through Phil Burgess. As I asked the question, there is a system in place. It is much too much to be typing into the original story, but it, and it, it happened like once last year where somebody went to the semifinals might've been Jack Wyatt in Denver, but didn't show up the next race, something like that. If the person goes to the semifinals and then doesn't show up to the next race, they'll go back to round two and find the quickest winner and put them in the field. And there you go. I think it's interesting. I think it's exciting. I think it makes competition on Saturday. I think it's interesting about the points dynamic, but it only happens in the regular season and it doesn't happen at four wide races. So no four wides, all the other races, it'll happen. And another reason to get out to the NHRA. Let's see what everybody else has to say. Sarah, love it. Looking forward to more Lucas Champ interviews. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Sarah. Should I be sending these to you? Can you do something with these? I think you probably can. Better yet, you can just go to our YouTube page and share them. 
Chuck says, love the idea. What does Jeff say? Jeff says, thanks, Joe. Listening with uh, TIG torch in hand. Eh, maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe that's what the podcast is for. You know, podcast is audio only. You can TIG weld with that. The video show? I don't know. Not so much. Do You do you, Jeff. Whatever works for you. All right, a couple of things, guys. I want to tell you a little bit about, like, our WFO merch store is rocking. The WFO merch store. You can get it right through the mobile app or our website. All kinds of WFO merch. And uh, it's growing all the time. It's growing like gangbusters all the time. Mission Foods. Thank you, Mission Foods, for giving us a reason to share this photograph of flying Ryan Ayler. Like, what do we do with this? It's back and it's relevant again. Flying Ryan. What's going on under those chips? Nobody wants to know. Nobody wants to know. Our Patreon show. This is membership. People pay a couple of bucks a month for the VIP behind the scenes stuff. Typically it was just me giving insight into the sport, Monday motivation, our ignition show. But now we actually have a real show on there and it's called hear it from Heiner pro stock crew chief race winning crew chief, Michael Heiner answering questions from the Patreons and giving details to the behind the scenes of what's going on out there in pro stock. Everybody loves it. So far. So you can go to patreon.com slash WFO radio. If you want to support the show, that's great. Let me tell you about everybody else. FTI performance transmissions and torque converters, dot 90 racing, big money, bracket racing, top sportsman, top dragster, your very powerful streetcar, monster trucks, mega trucks. They do the transmissions. Certainly one of the best in the business. Total seal piston rings, fog it. Of course, Bernie speed shop, Phillips connect on board with WFO, but also Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. This is for friends and for family. You want to try out a dragster? They've got a program called the Dragster Adventure. For $399, they just show up and they get to drive dragsters during the day. That's awesome. No responsibility to get to hang out with Frank. Rodak's Coffee and Grills.com. Marvin Rodak is a drag racer in Fort Worth, Texas. He's been roasting coffee since the 70s. And he has access to the best coffee in the world. If you're a coffee file, you're one of those folks, call Marvin, 817-924-6821. And then there's samtech.edu for the next generation of engine builders, crew members, machinists, drag racers. They've got engine block programs, CNC programs, motorsport EFI tuning. They're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. Call Brian Massengill. Tell me you heard it on WFO Radio. Amazing stuff. We got another comment up there. I am sharing on all the divisional pages, says Sarah. Way to go, Sarah, who does the divisional stuff for the National Hot Rod Association. Works her tail off. And uh, we've got a couple up there already. We did Jimmy Hidalgo. We've got a bunch. Doug Gordon. We got a bunch already. So hopefully the WFO will get out there. And everybody out there, you know, uh, subscribe. We're going to have a big year. Next week, big news. Big, big, massive news. News that I think is going to make a lot of people very happy. And I'm super excited to uh, to tease it and tease all of you just like this. So be ready on Tuesday. The WFO show will probably happen around 2 o'clock. I can't promise exactly when, because it'll be right after the big breaking news press conference. We just dropped Mission Foods' huge investment in NHRA. More money, more points, more racing. Racing expanded to Saturday. Huge news. 
Saturday crowds are already pretty big. Huge news. What could we possibly have? What could we possibly have next week? I wonder. I wonder. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks to Bob. Thanks to Bob's fam. Thanks to everybody out there who checks out this show. Spoke with Jimmy Hidalgo. He's in the feed. Stuff in the podcast archive. WFO has a mobile application. It is absolutely free. You can download it. Your iPhone and Android phone. You don't already have the WFO mobile app. You need to get this thing. Because it's got everything. Like, are we on there in the video section right now? We're not live, but it pops up right after. So there you go. Super excited. All right, guys. That's it for the week. We got a lot of listening. Hit those archives. We'll see you on Tuesday. I'm going to go work on my own car now. Appreciate you all. See you next week. Thanks to Bob Locke. WFO. Guys.